When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. My name is Adam Glenn, joined by my buddy Dax Holt. What's up, buddy? Uh, not too much, man. I uh, Things are good. Things are good. I, can't, I really can't complain. I mean, this is early morning recording for us, getting in here with uh, one of our old buddies, Jessica Finn, who uh, I've known for many years. I used to work with her over at TMZ, as did you. I think you actually you interviewed with her to get the job at TMZ. Is that not true? Yeah. She interviewed me. We didn't really get to work closely together because she was sort of like leaving when I was sort of starting. But she was very nice to me. She uh, she you know interviewed me. She was very kind on the phone. Kept it very basic and simple. And hey, listen, she put in a good word, and I got a gig. So I'm very appreciative for her. But she's a great journalist. You know, she's like broken some crazy stories. Huge stories. I mean, like, huge massive, stories. Massive stories. She puts in the work. Yeah, she puts in the work, and she just has really great stories, and uh, we're going to get into all of that. If you're listening to the Hollywood Raw podcast, we are the number one anti-pollution celebrity news podcast <laughs> out there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you do listen to another entertainment news podcast or some Bravo-type podcast, you are probably promoting pollution. We are anti-pollution. <laughs> so think about um, your priorities right there. Am I right, Dex? You're such an idiot. <laughs> I am such an idiot. Um, all right. Let, it's let more me, people let me start read questioning. a couple reviews so we can jump into this show. I'd like to get Jess on here. We don't have a lot of time with her today, so let me, let, let's me let jump right in. Here's a couple reviews for us to say thank you for taking the time. This one comes from Patum525, says Baby Boomer 71 Five stars. Whoa, this person's 71. That's awesome. Loving it. As old as I am, I love to stay on top of entertainment news, and this podcast gives me that. You are uh, so in the know. Five stars to both of you. Well, thank you, Baby Boomer 71. We appreciate it. Very nice. Yeah, very Uh, nice. You got another one? Yep, yep, yep. I got a bunch here, dude. All right. Naomi Burton says, I like hanging out with the cool crowd. Five stars. Never heard of them before, but got hooked listening to them on Juicy Scoop. So engaging, irreverent, not boring or repetitive, but it's their playful humor that gets me every time. Thanks, Naomi. Thank you, Naomi. All right. And let's get one more before we get going here. Pick a number, one through five. Let's go four. Three, four. Oh, this one's quick and easy. 
Uh, <laughs> Monet Exploding Foot says, love it, uh, but enough Depp verse heard. Love this podcast. Five stars. Well, we kind of stopped covering them a while ago. We got over them, too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for taking the time and uh, leaving us uh, reviews. You know it means the world to us. All right, let's get to our guest today. Uh, she's a veteran entertainment news journalist who has broken some of the biggest stories for outlets like Daily Mail, TMZ, In Touch. She is now a reporter for the U.S. Sun, our old friend Jessica Finn. Jess, how the hell have you been? I haven't seen you in forever. It has been, I think, like twelve years since like we've last actually seen each other face to face. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. I've been good. I've been good. The industry has apparently kept us employed. So you have been so busy. You know, we kind of mentioned in your intro that you work for Daily Mail, TMZ, In Touch. Now that you're at the Sun, how the hell did you get your first job in the industry? Like, let's go way back in the day. You know, I um, I actually I got really lucky. Um, I was working in local news. I was doing terrible, terrible hours. I was in New York City. I worked at New York One. I was at Fox Five for forever. I'd done overnights. I'd done two to eleven. I've done every terrible shift you can imagine. And then when the markets crashed in like two, the housing market crash in 08, 09, a bunch of like local news journalists lost their jobs, and I got. Super lucky that TMZ hired me. I had a referral by a fellow former local newser in New York City who did PR for TMZ at the time. And Harvey gave me this break to quote unquote run the New York office. And I had no idea what I was doing. But what was first like the most appealing thing about the industry is the hours seemed to be relatively normal. It was like a nine to five kind of situation, more or less. I mean, like, you know, we can pick up the phone wherever we are. But it wasn't like I had to sit there for a 10 o'clock show or an 11 p.m. show and get prepped. So it was like my first foray. And I was like, oh, this Wait is a second. Cool. You had you had end hours. I feel like my phone was just nonstop. <laughs> my, phone, my phone was nonstop, but I wasn't stuck in a newsroom until 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, that's the difference. Like it gave me a life. It allowed me to kind of open up like, you know, and be able to just live my life and, you know, work on the run, which was so appealing, especially because I was in my late 20s at the time. And yeah, it was it was really a blessing. And it was terrifying because I had no idea what I was doing. Harvey would like throw. I, he took me out to L.A. I covered somebody on maternity leave for a little bit, which is when I got mm -hmm. to do. And he would like throw court documents at me and say, read this. And I'm like, this is like Chinese. I have no idea what I'm looking at. Right now. <laughs> it was such a great training ground. And I really just got, I really did get lucky. Like I just, you know, and I never expected to do celebrity news. I really am a news, like I'm a really a hard news person at heart. I definitely fancied myself as a like CNN wartime journalist or something different in my career. I didn't expect to be in celebrity, but I love it. It's, it's just a lot, it's a lot lighter. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more fun than local news, where you're covering, you know, kids dead in fires and just awful stuff. Yeah, when you first started in the entertainment news, it was during that heyday of like Britney somewhat going crazy. I guess it was sort of the end. People were still going out at night, like, I because again, you started what 2008, 2009. So let me ask you this: so. Right now you're at the, you're at the Sun, okay? How do you decide what stories you're going to work on? Like as a journalist for you, how do you decide? Oh, this is newsworthy. This is not newsworthy. Because you know, from my experience, you know, people are always giving me stories. I'm like, hey, this is not really news. But how do you decide what's going to be a good or bring in traction? You know, it's really, it's weird. It's really an instinct thing. You know, I don't think that. Yeah, I agree. We can teach it. 
You know, I mean, I've, I've had this news instinct, you know, forever. And I don't know if, you know, people can say, oh, this is a news story. It's like, no, that's not, that's like PR. That's, you know, that's, that's a press release basically. Or, um, you know, I think there's a great George Orwell quote that says, you know, uh, journalism is, is printing something that somebody doesn't want printed everything else is public relations. And I think that I kind of guide my principles from that kind of perspective that like, if somebody doesn't want it out, it's newsworthy. If somebody wants to hide something, it's definitely worth pursuing that, you know, route and talking about it and seeing what, seeing what, what, what lies beneath the surface of secrets is kind of, I think the way I look at my journalism specifically. You know what I'm curious about is now that you're at the sun, what celeb stories work the best for you? Like which ones do you know if I cover this celeb, it's going to go wild? Yeah. I mean, I've broken a ton of exclusives about Wendy Williams and everything that she's going through right now. And I find her the most fascinating person Mm -hmm. to be covering um, personally for me because I kind of started really getting into it when uh, there was a psych eval uh, 911 call that I broke back in September, and that was at the beginning of her absences for this final season. Um, so we've kind of owned a big corner of the Wendy Williams market. Like I know that you know a ton of people are breaking things out there, but the sourcing that I've had has gone so deep into Wendy's circle and people that like the amount of stories that I've been able to break are so deep in Wendy's circle. It's it's really mind boggling. I. Uh, was able to print a story about Wendy inebriated taping during COVID in her apartment and things just went absolutely haywire. And at one point she was naked and Wait, I knocked, what? At one point she was naked and Wait, sorry, you're saying so Wendy, Wendy was able to print because of my sourcing. This is she was masturbating. There's parts of the story I didn't even include because it was such a crazy wild story that my boss found it to be too lewd um but yeah i mean there wait wait wait. so wendy was naked filming her show and masturbating she was was, it was it was a filming day okay it was a filming day and her manager had came to the apartment in the morning to you know check in and start the day up with her and um he called over backup he called for backup basically and this was during 2020, this is the spring part portion of the COVID season of 2020 Wendy Williams, where we kept seeing her really seemingly slurring on air. She didn't seem to be, you know, with it generally. And uh, this was the this was after that the the show the plug was pulled on the show completely. They stopped filming. They and they came back in in 2020 in the fall. I don't think they had a studio audience until 2021, early 2021. But yeah. Wow. And so her yeah. crew watched this all go down. I yeah, like there, was, there was there was there was uh healthcare professionals called to the apartment um and they ended up eventually taking her to the hospital. And from So this was a catalyst of her actually getting treatment. This was a catalyst for her to be hospitalized. I don't think she had gotten treatment at that point from from what I've been told. But these are like the kind of like, like, like I've, you know, it's a little bit of luck and a little bit of persistence, right? Like I was lucky to be able to put the pieces together of that day and say, well, 
okay, I know you're telling me this story. So to be able to like kind of put it all together, it was just kind of a little bit of luck and a little bit of just the fact that I just kept breaking Wendy's stuff and it just kept coming to me. I think sometimes when you have a beat, you you catch lucky breaks and you know, if you if you talk to people and you protect your sources in a really important way and you hold that, you know, hold your sources is like uh, really, you know, confidentially and you make them feel like they're going to be protected as much as you can. It really helps you to continue those relationships and those relationships will keep paying you back for, for that, for that, you know, for that understanding of, of safety and talking to somebody. Wow. This is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty wild story. Your source, you know, like how, obviously you feel you trust your source and you worked on this story for an extensive period of time. Now, that when you- particular story I worked on for months. It was months and legal and like back and forth with our legal team and my bosses. And I sat on that story. Like I had, I could have published that story in November. I had that story. I didn't publish that story till January. I just kept saying, you know, let's just sit, let's just see what else I can get on it. What else I can, you know, put together for it. So when you work on a story like this with Wendy Williams PR company and they know that you know a lot of stuff, how is that relationship? Is it awkward to talk to them? Is it cool? Is it like, all right, how do we massage this? What? How does that relationship work? Yeah, it really, I mean, it depends on who her PR is today, right? Like, so Wendy has had, because of, you know, I think because she's not been well, I think that's a fair thing to say that she has not been well over the last year. You know, originally back in September when the, when I broke the 911 call, they had immediately hired, and I don't know who exactly hired him because I know it wasn't Wendy. They would immediately hired Howard Bragman, big crisis mm-hmm. PR guy in LA. And Howard and I had a rapport for a minute, and then eventually that rapport fizzled um, in part because of this story. And in part because he didn't, you weren't willing to just make the story go away? I was not going to make the story go away. I was not going to make the story go away. At one point, um, Howard told me to take a bath because I was filthy, um, which was really kind of entertaining and funny and probably the best insult I've ever gotten. Uh, You really have (laughs) to have a thick skin in this industry and kind of laugh at some of the things people say to you. Um, But, you know, after that, she hired a different person um, and her new publicist is, you know, a normal person. She's a normal person. She knows I know my stuff, like, you know, so I think that it's, you know, you can have a good rapport with somebody, even if you're publishing crappy things about them and you can have a bad rapport. It just, you know, and I don't, I don't shy away from publishing something crazy. Like I don't like if I have it and, and I think it's newsworthy, I'm going to move forward with it. And, you know, I think that kind of, you know, you kind of deal with the backlash. If there's going to be backlash, I was concerned that there was going to be backlash to that story. There wasn't so much. Um, but I published so many other great like legal stories when it comes to Wendy too, with her Wells Fargo case that sealed. I was one that broke that she's in a financial guardianship. Um, you know, when it comes to like legal kind of understanding, I, I like to think I have a pretty good grasp on complex legal matters for the most part. Um, thanks again to Harvey Levin. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's been it's it's a ride, and 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 it's clear that this story is not going away anytime soon and every time we do something on her it does do well for the site which is super helpful you know one of my biggest frustrations in the industry like when i would be at tmz and break a big story and then turn on the radio and the djs on the radio station 
make it sound like it's their story. Like they talk about it and they're like, oh, so today, you know, Michael Jackson died. And they and they don't credit neither the the outlet or the the reporter behind it. We, are you feeling like over the years, do you feel the same way? Do you not get credit for a lot of the stories that you post? And I, I mean, that's just a general frustration. I feel like a lot of people have. Yeah, it's terrible. And I really do think that like this sounds kind of, I guess, ridiculous, but just like we have copyright laws with photos, we should have some sort of law in place for content, for information, for stuff that I worked really hard on. Like, you know, I feel like I feel like in different in different news industries, I don't think the New York Times would hesitate for a second to credit the Washington Post. But when it mm -hmm. comes to our celebrity news industry, it gets very murky. People still treat the internet like it's the wild west that they can get away with taking information that you've worked really hard on and mm -hmm. repurposing it in some kind of fancy way. Like, so the Hollywood Reporter last week did an expose about Wendy, an expose, and the amount of lines that were in that story that were things that I broke that literally nobody else was in the position to break. Like the financial guardian thing, the fact that she was in a financial guardian, nobody else could have broken that. Not even Wendy realized she was in a financial guardianship. So that's how good my sourcing was that I had to sit on the phone and explain to people in Wendy's circle why she was in a financial guardianship. Like, and so this is something that the Hollywood reporter doesn't isn't isn't working on this. They're just not, right? And so for them to use things like that in their story and like carte blanche, just throw in the word tabloid here and there and think that that's like a catch-all for all of the work. Like there is no way that that reporter didn't see my name come up repeatedly in her research for that story. Do, do you reach out to the Hollywood Reporter and say, hey, I saw your article. Are you are you planning on number one crediting me, but also the sun for all of the hard work that I put into it? Yeah, I mean, so I wasn't so yeah, so I reached out to the first thing I did in the morning was reach out to a friend who is a managing editor there. And I got the friend I was texting with her, I told her I gave her some a bunch of links to back up my reporting. Um, and she was like, I'm gonna forward this over. Great. She was dealing with some stuff in her home that needed attending to. She said she was gonna forward it over. I'm assuming she did. Nothing happened. So then I tweeted at the reporter. And of course she didn't respond. I mean, this is her big cover story, you know? So she's just ignoring me. Um, and I remember one of the things she tweeted was like, here's latest on Wendy. And I'm like, well, when your latest is my last year of reporting, okay. Um, and then after that, I had, so after not getting any satisfaction that way, I'd reach out to yet another editor. Um, and I did a literal line by line, like, here's your, here's what you wrote in the Hollywood Reporter. Here is the story that I broke. This is, this is the same content for like line by line content, content, especially because this past year has been a really big Wendy year for me. Mm -hmm. And this was all about her final year on the, on the show. And, um, I got this really snooty response back, kind of like, well, my reporter has been working on this for weeks. And I'm like, doing what? Like researching Jessica Finn, the Sun articles? Like, I don't, well, like what, what, like she's been working on it for weeks. I've been working on this for a year and you guys just ripped and ran with all of my content and repackaged it as, <laughs> as some kind of, um, you know, highbrow endeavor, if you will, like, and calling me a tabloid and degrading what I do. And I really find that what I do is very much, I'm a real journalist. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't sit here and make up, you know, quotes about 
you know, celebrity relationships and how in love they are and stuff like that. Like I do real journalist stuff like and uh, it was just this really snotty response from The Hollywood Reporter. They dropped in a link. I was back on the uh, article last night. They dropped in a link. They didn't credit the sun. They dropped in a link on one story, which is fine. If they had just if they had said the U.S. sun broke X, Y and Z one link one time, I would have never bothered. And yep. then um, so they had dropped in a link and then I was back on the page yesterday and the link had disappeared. It was just oh, like, wow. yeah, we're give you credit, good girl. Like, you know. That's mm. very frustrating. Listen, yeah, it happens. It yeah. Easy. I think we're all, we've all had that issue. Like, you know, sometimes even on our podcast, we get picked up by an outlet and they just say <laughs> it was on a podcast or did an interview and they won't credit us. And it just sucks because it feels it feels like lazy journalism too like you know it's like you've saw my content over and over again you're not going to credit me that's that's almost like i think stealing but then there's also like the situation of lazy journalism where it's like well i heard it somewhere i'm not going to bother looking up where to credit sorry about the kids screaming in the background yeah i saw it somewhere i'm not going to bother looking up exactly where to credit or to throw in a link and you know this yeah, screw them. like it's just this yeah. very kind of lazy i think way to you know, repurpose content and, 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 and I really do feel like it's akin to stealing. Like, you know, if somebody puts in so much work on something, you know, I, I get like that, like one of the things that the editor from the Hollywood reporter had told me was, well, a lot of people broke a lot of Wendy stories. And I'm like, I get that. But like what I broke only, I was in the position to break. So like, you know, it's not, you know, and then she was like, well, and then blogs also, you know, these like, lower level blogs broke things and it's like well then credit them if you if you are telling me you know who broke what which you clearly don't because you don't know what you're talking about here um you know you should be crediting people you just should i don't care if it's a low level blog and you think you're too high row at the hollywood reporter to credit them do it it's the right thing to do yeah how competitive is the industry when it comes to you trying to beat out other outlets for stories like let's just say uh, there's a divorce or there's a death. I mean, are you guys just rushing to your computers and seeing who could get up the fastest? Yeah, for sure. We have a really good like breaking breaking news system that we have in place at this point. So like when we when something actually breaks, I mean, I'm a little bit I'm on the exclusive ends of this, but when something breaks, we have it up in minutes. I mean, it's just it's it's incredible how quickly they can get it up. Yeah. What about competitiveness between you and other journalists at whatever outlet you're working at? Is there a lot of competition inside your own yeah. network? Yeah. Um, you know, I, at The Sun, we have this really great team that I'm really, really proud of. Um, we're breaking amazing things. My coworker, Teresa, ha has broken a million wild Josh Duggar stories. She's really been at the forefront of that coverage. Um, we have we have ground reporters that are fantastic we have katie forrester and um some really strong really strong journalists and and it's really nice to work there and i think that for the most part from what i've seen i've been here like a year and a half now they're really supportive of each other more than anything um it's not as competitive as other places i've been other places I've been have been really cutthroat. I mean, you know, TMZ is not a lovely place to work. I, you know, I couldn't even, you know, I, I would be lying if I said anything otherwise. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, the, the industry can be very, very nasty and it can be very hard. I've heard horror stories from other shops. Um, you know, um, it's a tough, it's a tough business and it's a very lonely business. I think sometimes when you are uh, like a journalist like I am, like you're really not collaborating with other people. 
for the most part, you're really kind of doing your own thing, which is, you know, a blessing and a curse. But, yeah. but I think I think that our team is really, really good at like, you know, helping each other out and kind of supporting each other when for our wins we celebrate each other who is the most difficult person to do a story on like when you reach out to their team there's always so many games and it's just it's just exhausting dealing with their team from over Not the even years worth covering them um oh my gosh who was it that would um, well you know <laughs> oh my god i mean donald fucking trump man before, <laughs> before he was actually president right we could not touch him at in touch i was a news director at in touch and we could not touch the guy like we we were we were terrified of getting sued into ex existence and a lot of people a lot of people knew about that stormy daniels money a lot of people had that information a lot of people had the contract and nobody broke it hmm. nobody broke it nobody broke it until the wall street journal broke it in January of 2017, after he was elected, you know, and you have these moments in your career where you're like, this could change the course of history. And you can't do anything about it because you have lawyers that are terrified of, you know, you have, you, you don't know if you have a Gawker Hulk Hogan sex tape situation on your hand that's going to destroy your company, you know? And, um, and the reason why um, the Wall Street Journal was able to publish that story from the way I had understood it was because they had tacked it onto like it was being investigated as a campaign finance violation or something along those lines that was like a legitimate, legitimate purpose and a legitimate route to investigate. And, 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 you know, whereas this was just like, you know, Stormy Daniels was paid $300,000 in a transaction from, you know, Michael Cohen. Um, so Donald Trump was really tough. Um, and, 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 and unfortunate because obviously, you know, big things could have, you know, who knows, who knows? I mean, Teflon Don, but who knows? Um, yeah, he was probably one of the toughest people for is sure. There anyone, is there anyone that comes across like stories come into like the sun and you're just like, you know what? I just don't even want to cover the person. Like, it's not worth it. We're not going to get any traffic, even though the person's got a big name, but it's like not worth it for us. Okay, I don't know if this is a big name considered anymore, but Joe Francis, I put in so much work breaking so many Joe Francis stories when I first got to the Sun. I I had I had him being arrested for beating up. I'm not going to say who, but for beating up a female in his orbit, uh, relentlessly, mercilessly. Um, I had his mug shot. I had him. I had. Uh, I had custody papers saying that he was abusing meth. I had photos of him in the jail cell. And this was all hours and hours, like the amount. And this was right when I got to the sun. I was so excited. I was so excited. I'm like, these stories are wild. Like they were incredible, incredible stories. And the hours that it took to call Mex like Mexican, Mexico jails, Mexican police, Mexican like courts and have and translating and i was like guiding a fellow reporter who spoke spanish how to translate what we needed what information we needed she was like looking up legal terms in spanish and it was just so many hours and like i think three thousand people saw the fucking story like it was awful. <laughs> like nobody saw it like it was awful i was so so proud of it and it was such great reporting but like 
No, no interest in Joe Francis. There's huh? no interest. And then, jo- and then Casa Aramara catches fire. TMZ does it. And it is literally everywhere. Everyone cares. Everybody finds it. Everyone sees it. Everyone picks it up. It's everywhere. And I don't like, here I am like really talking about serious domestic violence allegations against Joe Francis and with mugshots and, and jail photos, like wild stuff. And the this posh like resort that celebs go to catch fire and because TMZ covered it, everybody picks it up. It just it's yeah. just so crazy to me, like how Some, sometimes it's just the bigger megaphone. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what it comes down to. Someone has a bigger megaphone and they do it like we talk about this all the time with our podcast. We get amazing interviews, amazing guests. And we're like, hello, anyone, you know, and then that same person goes somewhere else and suddenly it catches fire. And we're like, our interview is 10 times better, but it's sometimes someone just has a bigger megaphone. That's a thousand percent it. It's like really unfortunate. It really is. It's I guess it's just the nature of the beast, though, really. So, I mean, and I think that that's like kind of back to the case in point about THR, like, you know, it's just a matter of of the Hollywood Reporter, I should say. It's a matter of like, then once you break something and you're like, look, this is my, this is my stuff. Like, this is my stuff. This is the US son who broke this. Like, you know, I really think that it's important that like you track people down, like, and say, hey, look, give me credit because you don't, you're not going to get that. You're not going to make your megaphone bigger if people keep stealing your content over and over again. Right. You're not going to make, you're not going to be able to get that kind of audience if people continue to get away with taking things from you that you, that you put really a lot of work into. And, you know, I think that I've gotten to a really good place with my industry contacts where I've been able to really wrangle that credit um, in a lot of different places that weren't crediting us when I started. And, uh, you know, to what it just, it's not, it's unfortunate because it really does take a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time calling editors and reporters and saying, Hey, like, you got to credit us. Like, but once you do put in that work, you know, and the sun, the U S sun is still a really new, uh, organization. We first, we first launched, uh, December of 2019, right before the pandemic. So, you know, it's been a, a grind for them to really kind of catch on here. Um, and, but it's important because the more you say, you know, what the heck, you know, you, you need to credit us. They'll realize next time around, there's a better chance of them crediting you. And which I'm hoping to see with the Hollywood Reporter in the coming weeks as I break a bunch of good Wendy exclusives because <laughs> I'm sure they're going to pick it up. <laughs> it's awesome. No, you also did a story, uh, you know, on Hoda and Savannah at the Today Show. And, you know, you know, obviously you've been hearing a lot of stories about them feuding. I think you were the one actually to start breaking that story. Yeah. Is this, I mean, I'm not saying I, I trust your, your journalism skills, but this is a wild thing to see Hoda and Savannah feuding, especially at the Today Show. There's been history of them, uh, history of, you know, hosts not getting along in the past at the Today Show. But what do you know? What do we know? Can you fill us in currently what's going on with the Today Show drama? You know, I mean, I had caught wind that there was some that there were some issues behind the scenes. And then and then I spoke to one source who really just is very familiar with production and um they basically told me, you know, that Savannah thinks that she's a real she fancy fancies herself as like a real journalist who uh, who who uh, was a White House uh, correspondent, and she just looks at Hoda as the you know woman that drank wine with Kathy Lee Gifford in the mornings, and kind of like doesn't really respect her. And it started to make sense, and then I ran it by somebody else that's a 
that that are friends with both of them and and he's like oh my god i can't believe you have this information this is crazy this is amazing um yeah i mean they 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 don't get along um you know i i would love to say that i had more um you know i do i do have more but it's not like ready to talk about yet you know there are some rumblings that there are people that you know that the people over the today show really like at other outlets i don't know if that has anything to do with hoda or not um but yeah it's something that we're definitely still pursuing you know which story that i remember i saw that you had done caught my eye because i was like ah just did this story was the salary for the ladies on the view yes how much money Whoopi goldberg and joy behar getting like Eight million dollars, seven million dollars, and then their other hosts are getting like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, and it's like but, it's like you know you would think you're, they're on the View and they would be making this change of life money, and they're just not. These newbies who are relatively unknown, they come on the show. They're like super excited to just have their name out there at that point. You know, they're like, they but two hundred fifty thousand dollars in New York, that's not much money to live like a like New York is expensive expensive man you're not you're not changing your lifestyle whatsoever you are exactly making it just making it that's it that's and i so with a story like number one i don't know how the hell you got your hands on those numbers which is amazing kudos to you but do you get a lot of backlash because i gotta imagine that causes a lot of drama within the view because you're working side by side. They probably had no idea that Whoopi's making eight million and they're making two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure they have like a general idea when they sign on that they're not going to be making Whoopi or Joy Behar money, right? Like, I don't think that they think that uh, that they expect it, but I think that they hope that it'll launch them into a career in media. You know, it's like it's it's like for these for people that are brand new. These the Alyssa, I'm forgetting her last name, the White House, the new one. Um, the White House, the former White House uh, uh, yes. communications director, Alyssa, um, you know, somebody like her, this is her first foray into television. Like she's just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And so they can get away with paying somebody like that pennies, um, you know, to the dollar. But even, but yeah. even like between Joy and Whoopi, I mean, at a point, I think Joy would be like, wait, she's getting a million more dollars than I am. And I'm also one of the main faces on this show. I got to imagine there's some tension that you created within that, that workplace. Joy needs a better agent. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so how, how I, I mean, I, I, that's such good reporting, right? Yeah. There. How it's do you, and I'm not asking who your sources are, but how do you kind of break a story like that? Like, did you get the idea? Did someone tip you off on like, Hey, there's some salary stuff going on here. That's pretty insane. Like what, it, what's the thought behind You know, that I was, I was talking to, it kind of, it, it's like one of those things where you have people who are uh, in different places throughout your different like streams of information, right? So like you have, you have like, I have like my my reality star sources. I have my Wendy sources, for example. Um, I have, you know, different sources in different areas. And then we're, we're really trying to break more into the morning shows because the morning shows do really well for us. So it's a matter of, I have friends who are very, uh, familiar with the New York media market and and the ongoings within the New York media market when it comes to uh, you know the morning shows when it comes to the New York podcast when it comes to um, the different daytime talk shows that are filmed there like these are people that just kind of are like 
in those circles. And so it, so when we want to do something and when we're interested in a topic, I think, well, who, who do I know that's in that, in that world? Who do I, who can I reach out to that's already in place in those worlds? And then I go from there and I just kind of go through my role decks of people that I've worked with in the past on stories and, and, and who are, uh, frequently in front of the people that we're reporting on. And that's kind of how we end up breaking out stories like like the view the view salary story. Jess, what is what's your rule on being friends with celebs? Because I feel like this is always an interesting line when you work in the entertainment news business and you're reporting on celebrities, but it's inevitable that you might become tight with a celeb yeah. and then you don't want to report on them. So what do you what, what's your rule? You know, I had done some work with Amanda Bynes back in 2014. Was this before um, she called you ugly? Right before she called. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and look, she called. She called Jenny McCarthy ugly. She called Chrissy Teigen ugly. I was in very good company. Okay? You were in great company. You guys are all ugly. <laughs> I'm like, sure, I'm ugly like that. Great. <laughs> Um, and I was like, I, I'm, I am, I am somebody who really likes to cover, um, a spiral, but also like a rebound, right? Like I'm, that's always, it intrigues me so much. And I feel like I'm like, I have my own like wacky personality. And I think that I can really, uh, connect with certain people like that are dealing with things. And I think that that's just, you know, one of my skills for what it's worth. Um, and you know, Amanda and Amanda had granted me a couple of different interviews and it was, she was kind of in that phase where she was calling everybody ugly. She had gotten the cheek piercings like black China. Um, she was really all over the place and clearly going through some things. And I really, really wa I wanted to help her. Like I didn't want to take her down. I didn't want to, I felt bad for her. And I try and like do that. I think when like I report on like, like when I report on these, on these people that are going through things, I try and not bash them. I try and like, I try to keep some sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sensitivity, compassion. I try and be compassionate. And I really, I wanted to be friends with her. And then we did a story. We followed up our cover story. We did covers covers with her interviews with us. We let her pick the photos because she was super, super self-conscious about paparazzi photos. She wanted like these weird photos that she posted to like Twitter instead. It was weird to see that on the cover of In Touch. Um, but we really did like work with her to try and make her feel comfortable. And then, um, you know, after doing a couple of those stories with her, um, some paparazzi ended up in her apartment in Times Square and, you know, because she was lonely, I think, and she needed friends and these, she befriended these photogs. I shouldn't call them paparazzi. She befriended these photogs. Uh, and then I guess they had a little party in her apartment and then they sold the photos and we ended up buying the photos, even though the photo purchase wasn't me specifically. Uh, this was above me. These were, the powers that be that ended up making this deal and buying these photos. And then we published them and she got really upset and, and, and it's fair, you know, and, and you kind of, you know, I think that when you're doing the kind of journalism that I'm doing, you really can't be friends with, with celebs. I mean, you know, especially like the ones that are going through something, like I could see me being a friend with a housewife, like no big deal. Like you guys are, 
in it for the coverage. You don't, you know, you don't care. But when, you know, you're dealing with somebody like that, who's fragile at the time and going through something, you really can't be friends with them, even if you wanted to be helpful to them in some way. And uh, then she uh, got really mad. She called me ugly in a series of tweets. My uh, phone blew up all night. And then that night, after she called me ugly, she threw a bong out of her Times Square apartment window. And, the cops and Adam went and found it. And then, hey, Did you find yeah, it? Yeah, I did, did find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it. And it became a whole big news story. So I found the bong. But it was a whole crazy story. I like what that happened. Photo. Yeah, that was my photo. Um, it was a wild thing that happened. It was a whole like, it was like a few days after because no one found it. We're like, how'd she throw a bong out the window and no one found the bong? But it was on, she lived next door to a theater. We kind of stormed into the theater where the security guy probably got fired for letting us in the theater. And we got on the roof and went through a fire escape and it was a rainy day. And we went through like a, a 60 foot fire escape, like climbing down and we found it. We didn't want to touch it. And we took the photos and at the time we called our boss and said, what should we do? And they said, take the photos and then call the police. And within seven minutes, the police showed up like eight cars deep because they looked like assholes because they didn't cover. They didn't, yeah, they didn't find it. And they just wanted to cover their asses. And all the other media outside was so pissed because we like got into this place and we we wouldn't allow them in the building and it was it was a fucking nightmare but it was crazy it was a fun story it was it's a longer I mean, it's there's a longer so story cool, that goes like, to it but yeah yeah it was a longer story my buddies were the ones that were in amanda Bynes' house partying with her and like taking the photos and stuff um i mean it was just guys. a wild story uh, i mean they got they were in the paper for it. it's just like them just hanging out with amanda Bynes. it's just it's nuts it's hysterical but um it's great. That you also, I know we're like wrapping up on time, but lastly, uh, you did stuff with Kristen Cavalieri about her divorce. Now, you know, we know, but explain to the the common folk when people get divorced, how you're able to break divorce information or like how all the outlets are able to like exclusive, like break the divorce or how does that work? You know, um, it's really a, a little bit of a network of sources who know who are maybe close to the case. There's like a lot of that. Um, and then really just sitting on top of the docket. Like you really have to sit on top of that court docket and you just keep calling every day for like, Hey, is there any update on this case? And, you know, um, fortunately Williamson County, Tennessee, they're really friendly there. That's one mm -hmm. of my favorite courts. Like only a journalist would have a favorite court. That's my favorite court in the country. They are so nice and they're so sweet and they're so helpful. And they know that, they're expecting your call every day. Like if you don't call, they're wondering where you are. Like, so it's really, you know, a combination of, you know, knowing, knowing, you know, people that are, you know, working the case from a legal perspective and then really just doggedly calling the court day after day and hoping that nobody else called before you did when the, when the docket, the, when the document that you're looking for is filed. And that's, you know, a great, easy way to break a story that just takes a lot more grunt work than, you know, it's like not so much schmoozy, fun conversations, but you know, you just set an alarm and every day you call. I love it. Well, Jess, I, I know we got to wrap up here. Thank you so much for joining us. I love just hearing this like insider perspective of, 
you know, entertainment news and journalism and kind of some of the wild stories that you've broken and been a part of. And, you know, if anyone wants to follow her journey, you can follow her on uh, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Jessica Finn NYC is her handle. Um, but no, I, I'd love to have you back one of these days um, so we could kind of finish going through some of the extensive stories that you've broken throughout your your career. So thank you again yeah, for joining thank us. Thank you so much, Wonderful. Jessica. Thank you Keep breaking the great stories thank at the sun. I hope you got hope you get the credit you deserve because you are doing the Lord's work, especially with Wendy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're breaking some incredible stories and I hope everyone um, cites her, gives her credit for these stories because she puts in a lot of hard work into it. But she is a, I mean, I could listen to these stories forever. I find them so interesting. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. Have a great one. Thank you. A Huda Media Production.